You know, it will come as no surprise to you that over the years, particularly over the last umpty nine years of ministry, I have been called an awful lot of things. And uh, one or two of those things were complimentary, but I've got to tell you that the majority of them certainly cannot be shared here in church. But one thing that I do own up to, one thing that I am accused of every now and then, is that I am an impatient so-and-so. I can't help it. I find it difficult to wait for things, don't I? Yes, not half. I can't help it. I can't wait for things to get going, especially when it comes to things of God. Especially when it comes to things of our faith. I get excited and I want good things to happen, don't you? Amen. Now today is the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent is, of course, a time when we've got to wait. For little children, it it seems an eternity as they wait for the coming Christmas morning. And the Advent period is, of course, prolonged when we go out into the shops because they've got all their Christmas windows in roughly about the end of September. And all of that makes me impatient. I want it to come today. I want it in the here and the now. But... In the church's calendar, Advent is a time for waiting. It's a time for careful preparation for the celebration of the Incarnation. And when we will tell the Christmas story and when we will rejoice, as indeed Handel rejoiced in the Messiah with those words, for unto us a child is born. Are you looking forward to it? Oh, one or two down there are the rest of them. So if we are called to wait, how on earth can we do that? How can we wait? How can we prepare? Is it just a matter of Christmas cards, buying and wrapping up presents and pushing heavy shopping trolleys and stuffing your hand up the back of a turkey? Is that all that it's about? Few of us escape those rituals of this Advent season. But if we're not careful, those things tend to fill up all our time. And the waiting opportunity that Advent offers passes us by. Children get excited. Our son, uh, Kit, had a great way of doing things. He would leave the Argos catalogue open and he'd circle things in the hope that you would notice. Children had their methods, but children do get excited. And uh, some of us grown-ups do too, don't we? Yes, and isn't it a long time? And you sit in church and you sing those endless Christmas carols. Did you know that in some hymn books, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel has eight verses? And there are some others, aren't there, about watching flocks by night and all of that nonsense. And it goes on and on and on. But what we want to do is get there. And enjoy those celebrations. But 
Advent puts a hold on it, puts a break on it, and says you must wait and you must prepare carefully and properly. Of course, for many adults, Advents, uh, many adults, Advent flies by all too quickly. We get caught up in the preparations that make the season so busy. Advent can be a hectic time as we plan the celebrations that have become such a part of our modern Christmas. But in church, in our church year, Advent is a time when we're encouraged to pause and reflect on the wonderful fact that we are living in the in-between times. For Christ has come, but Christ will come again. Amen. And our three scripture readings that Betty has read so beautifully for us this morning help us with that in differing ways. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 contained a prayer, an exhortation, if you will, that we will live in the love of the Lord. Amen. For Jesus will come again. And we are blessed by God's grace, made plain in Jesus the Christ child, and we rejoice that God has come in Christ But you know, the reign of God is not yet fully realised until he comes again. The verses that Betty read for us from Mark's Gospel are full of apocalyptic menace. Their message is unsettling, so much so that perhaps we find it hard to take seriously. Many dismiss these verses um, in a, as an embarrassed reaction, suggesting that it merely reflects the mindset of ancient believers. You know, the early church was challenged to cor- correctly interpret the signs of the end times, knowing that they could choose the path of self-indulgence or they could live in obedience to the calling of God. Our Old Testament reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah who lived in a time of terrible upheaval and the international situation looked grim. The Assyrian Empire was under pressure and the established system of international relations was breaking down and Jeremiah feared an invasion and yet in the face of this frightening scenario Jeremiah repeatedly called upon his fellow citizens to live in in the knowledge of the way of God. And in chapter 33, Jeremiah pictures the community as the place where God's will should be done. And God's people, even in a time of crisis and the potential disintegration of confidence, are called upon and are cared by the richness and wonder of a God who never, ever releases them from his love. And therefore, Jeremiah tells them that they can and they must forever live in hope, treading the ways of justice and righteousness. 
in 2023, rather like those people of long ago, we live in critical and dangerous times. Times when so many people, and we ourselves, are encouraged to be on our guard. Wars and disputes, poverty and repression are worldwide phenomena and so many societies are unstable. Threats to human survival raise their ugly heads in forecasts about global warming and global recession, the depletion of the Earth's resources, the effects of globalisation. That's what that conference is about, COP28 just now. And in the face of such bad news and such bad forecasts of doom, with which we are bombarded every day, we are called to seek God's way in all things. But the purpose of the warning in Mark chapter 13 is not to drive us into selfish escapism, but to cause us to reflect on what's important in life today. Even if we live in critical and dangerous times, what's important is that we live faithfully in the knowledge and love of God. Be alert at all times, says the Gospel writer. That's the message of Jesus. And he backs it up with a call to spend time in prayer, to spend time waiting upon the Lord in order that we may be able to stand with him, the Son of Man. Advent can so easily overwhelm us with its busy schedule. There's so much to think about, so much to prepare, so much to get ready. It can be totally time-consuming. So much so that if we're not careful, we lose sight of the meaning of the celebration itself. The coming of God to this earth to share our lives to be with us in this broken world. Advent, with all its waiting, with all its preparation, isn't a forecast of doom, but a message of hope. The Son of Man will come again. Even in the darkest times, we can look forward to the reassuring presence of God Emmanuel, come, Lord Jesus, come. And this Advent season strengthens us, strengthens us in our resolve to live as God's people, pursuing his ways, reflecting his love in our lives and in this community and in this world as we eagerly anticipate the birth of the Christ child of Bethlehem. Uh, there's a story told. You're looking a bit sad, so I'll tell you a story. Um, there's a story told about a, a woman whose husband was very, very late home from work. 
That would never happen, would it? Yeah, right. And so she decides she must contact him. So she phones him on his mobile and she says, Where are you? What on earth are you doing? And he said, Well, my love. He said, Do you remember that very expensive jewellery shop that you looked in last week? He said, you know that one, you remember it? You saw that really expensive, beautiful diamond necklace and you thought if only we could afford it, you might like it for Christmas. Oh yes, she says, I do remember it now. Oh yes, take your time dear, she said. Puts the phone down and she's thinking, oh love, I'm going to get my necklace for Christmas. And her husband phoned her back. He said, well, I've got to tell you, dear, I'm in the pub next door to the shop. (laughs) Over these Advent weeks, as we hurriedly prepare, as we get those presents, as we write those cards, as we do all of that, I wonder, where will you be? And what will you be doing Will you be waiting? Will you be preparing in alertness, in eager anticipation? Will you be waiting and preparing in hope, looking forward to all that is to come? Oh, not just on the 25th of December, but for eternity. Will you be waiting and preparing in the sure and certain knowledge that Jesus, your Messiah, Jesus of the cross, Jesus of the resurrection, is coming again. Oh. And as you wait, and as you prepare, ask yourselves the question, are you ready? Is this church ready? Are we as a fellowship ready? Is this community ready? Is this world ready? Oh, my friends, important questions. Are we ready? Thanks be to God. Amen.